0: This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series entitled Unlocking Success, the Crucial Role of Culture in Compliance. This podcast series is sponsored by Diligent. Since at least October of 2021, when Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco announced the Department of Justice would begin to evaluate corporate cultures as a part of the enforcement process in an FCPA enforcement action, compliance professionals have struggled with how can they measure, assess, manage, monitor, and improve their culture? Well, we're going to answer all of those questions in this series. Over this five-part podcast series, we will be addressing the following questions. What is culture? How do you assess culture? What is a culture management strategy? How do you monitor culture? And finally, how does that monitoring of culture lead to continuous improvement of culture? First, a word about diligence. Diligence empowers leaders with a holistic view of their organization's governance, risk, compliance, audit, and ESG practices so they can make better decisions faster, no matter the challenge. Ready for purpose-driven compliance, diligence equips leaders with the tools they need to build, monitor, and maintain a culture of open, transparent ethics and compliance. For more information or to book a demo, visit Diligent.com. In this part four, I'm joined by Michael Parker to discuss monitoring culture. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode in the Diligent Sponsored Series, and I'm thrilled today to have Michael Parker. Michael, first of all, welcome back to the pod.
1: Thanks, Tom. It's good to see you again.
0: Michael, you had some really interesting thoughts about the culture of compliance that we were talking about. Why don't you explain why it's not a one-size-fits-all?
1: Tom, when it comes to anything related to regulations, policies, et cetera, but particularly in creating this culture of compliance, there's not just one right way to do things. People don't want to be told, you must do it this way or else. People want options. They want to be guided into making the right decisions. And they may think they're making a correct decision when in fact it might go against policies or regulation, but they didn't have that knowledge.
0: So you have actually, additionally rather, I should say some specific areas for discussion, and I've broken them down into really three. One is outbound or outgoing from the compliance function to the employee. The second is effective use of technology to help monitor on an ongoing basis. And the third is really the employee centric and employee centric focus, and that is through the use of incentives. So let me start with awareness, communication, and education. How do you see the role of a compliance professional or a corporate compliance function in communicating to its customers, i.e. the employees of the company about the role of culture and culture of doing business ethically and in compliance. Sure.
1: As I'm sure all of us are aware, we have our annual certifications that we need to do. We've got the different methods of training that come out that are the videos with quizzes and things of that nature that can lead to awareness but that, and education, but that can also lead to questions. And so employees need a form where they can be interactive. They can ask for clarity on certain policies, procedures, regulations. They can present certain scenarios in a live situation. I've been faced with this in the past. How do you recommend based on our policies, based on regulations that I proceed? So it's really about making sure that people are educated, So that's our training, the awareness, the live sessions, but also giving them that form where they can be feel safe interacting with the compliance team, but also amongst one another. And when you bring this kind of these ideas together, that creates that culture. It's already a culture. We just don't call it a culture. And so how do we look at this and put a framework on it? Educate, provide awareness, we give training, and then we need the technology to be able to track this information. We need to be able to provide vehicles to folks to ask questions, report incidents.
0: Let me step back to communication or education. How often or should there be a cadence of communications? I recognize that you can have compliance fatigue. Maybe you can have culture fatigue. I don't know. But uh, are shorter, briefer snippets something you would advocate, a microburst or a micro training, or can that even be too much? Or if you put together a short, funny video, is that something that's going to get an employee in 30 or 60 seconds to say, yeah, let me think about that?
1: I think you've hit on something really good. You think about just the culture of today's society, especially during the pandemic and post-pandemic, everything is brief and it's intended to keep people's attention, but also make it interactive. So instead of an hour long, two hour, three hour long deal that we do once a year, which also, that makes it look like just a task that we have to check the box on, it becomes a burden to do that. Whereas if we were to have micro learnings and then perhaps even office hours once a month, maybe, something to that effect that are non-mandatory, Maybe once a quarter, you've got a mandatory attend this for 30 minutes sort of thing. That can lead to greater buy-in. And that's what we're looking for is we want the buy-in, but we've got to get the awareness. And if we have those short micro learnings, as you mentioned, I think that lends itself to willingness and it really plays on today's current culture just in the world People want short little snippets, and it doesn't make it feel like a burden. And that's one of the things that we want is we don't want this to feel like a burden. We want people to understand, hey, this is why we do this. We don't do this just so that the law, so that we're not breaking the law. We do these things because we believe in them and they're the right thing to do.
0: You also mentioned the use of effective use of technology, not just the Mm -hmm. use of technology. Mm -hmm. Are there uh, some things, some technological tools or even solutions that you could recommend. And I'm going to maybe start with a survey or something along those lines. Or are there other tools that you've seen work or you would at least recommend a compliance officer take a look at?
1: Sure. Without getting into naming brands and things of that nature, there are a number of companies that offer short micro learning courses. And even when we consider this, when we manage third party risk, many compliance group, many companies send compliance training videos to their third parties. And those are usually three to five, maybe even seven minutes long that have quizzes in them. So finding that proper platform for learning resource management, right? Having those videos stored, the little short snippets. How do, where do we track the engagement of employees? How do we do that? Surveys, you mentioned surveys. Surveys are always a good one. You have to keep them short though, to keep people engaged and also incentivize them to complete those surveys. So what would be the types of questions to ask? And that's something that you get together with your key stakeholders, get together with your sponsors, the executive leadership. What questions do you think we should ask to be effective in measuring our culture of compliance? So video training, short snippets, surveys, I think that's a good one too. Where do we put all of this information for transparency and visibility? Consider an application that's got a dashboard within it where If you're asking the right questions in the survey, you're tracking, excuse me, who and how many people are watching the videos, then you've got a dashboard there. And then the ultimate question that we ask in anything related to using technology is about satisfaction. How satisfied
0: were you with the training? Michael, let me pick up on just a short two or three words you used, because I think it opens a broader conversation and you reference third parties Mm -hmm. and risk management of third parties. And one of the themes throughout this podcast series, I've certainly tried to explore is culture can be seen as another type of risk and that this is something compliance professionals do every day is Mm -hmm. risk management. And that may be a way to think about this is the same way we would think about, as you said, third party risk and why can't we use that same process? So if we think of, culture is a risk. We can assess our risk, take a culture survey. We can determine gaps, if any, and then remediate as appropriate. We can monitor, and you just talked about, effective use of technology for ongoing monitoring. And then the monitoring gives the compliance officers information if they need to to deliver additional training, to bring some other sort of education to bear or other tools Would you find it a fair assessment to say culture can be viewed as a risk and we can use the same process that you have talked about literally for years in the third party arena Mm -hmm. in terms of risk management?
1: That's interesting that you bring that up. It's got my mind racing, so I'll do my best to be concise here, Tom. One of the things that occurs to me is a comparative analysis between the internal and external clients, customers, everybody gets onboarded in the beginning of the relationship, whether it's a new employee or it's a new third party. And then you have your, your certifications. But in that third-party arena, we also do renewals. So we want to measure and, and assess so that we can mitigate any new existing risk and prevent any future risk. So how could we apply that internally? You keep people engaged, as we've mentioned, right? You take that framework of it's an ongoing process. It's not a one-time onboarding activity combined with an annual certification. So let's take that framework of managing the risk of culture in compliance. You have to listen, you have to ask because not everybody's just going to come to you. Although compliance rules are necessary, it's also important to provide guidance versus simply providing guidelines. And it's also more than regulatory compliance. Why do we have these policies in play? So helping people understand the purpose behind what we're doing, those frameworks apply in every scenario, and that's how you get buy-in. And you think about a third party's incentive to complete this. They want to do business with you. It's in their best interest. So how does that relate to an employee? They want to work for you. They want to work together. And that's an incentive there as well.
0: Michael, I'd like to start or or circle back to where we started, which is around the culture of compliance. Mm -hmm. And we really tried to emphasize that there's no one shoe that fits all. But I'd like to even step back maybe 35,000 feet and ask you about the role of leadership in creating, fostering, and continuing a culture of compliance. And and how do you see that role as really – or, or where do you see that role? Does it all start from there and flow down or is it something else?
1: Yeah, you made me think of uh, being a small child and it's not do as I say, not as I do. It's let's all do as we do. And so if we've got executive leadership who are championing these causes, then that trickles down because people see our mission and our values. And if we live that mission and those values, from the top down it has to happen at that 35,000 foot level then we will see mom or dad doing what it is we should be doing to go back to my earlier analogy let's be what it is we're saying we are let's trickle that down throughout the organization champion those values and then watch the people just fall in line with their hands high and their head or their hands raised and their hands raised and their heads held high
0: There's one other group I'd like to ask you about who are critical in this, and that's the employees. Yes. And that, how do you view the role of incentives in an overall compliance initiative around a culture of compliance?
1: There's, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. The thing about it, there are many ways to incentivize. Do you find a way to provide financial compensation? for incentives. That works. What does that look like? Is it a bonus? How do we measure those? What are the metrics? thing about it is the cost of non-compliance, Tom, can not only be detrimental to a business's bottom line and its reputation, but it can also have disastrous consequences to an employee's career, including fines and jail time. But then think about that employee's reputation as well. So you've got reputational risk. You've got the non-compliance of regulatory risk that could be penal or financial, right? So I think bringing that part of that together, what does it look like for the employee and how to best help them understand the culture of compliance and why it's necessary, help them also understand the consequences. Now that goes back into that black and white that I want us to stay out of. So how do you do that somewhere in the middle? That's where you start championing those values. Here are the rewards. Here are the consequences.
0: Michael, I wanted to uh, thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. And I wanted to end by asking you if our listeners wanted more information on really any of the topics we've touched on in this podcast, what would be the best place for them to go?
1: There's a plethora of of resources available to you at diligent.com.
0: Michael, like I wanted to thank you again and I look forward to continuing this conversation.
1: Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to meet you to, or to meet with you again today.
0: This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Unlocking Success: The Crucial Role of Culture in Compliance. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for our final episode where we look at the continuous improvement of culture, as I'm joined by Alexander Kosha from the Volkoff Law Group. If you've enjoyed this podcast series, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. We're going to link to Diligent resources on this topic in the show notes, so check them out for some great resources. This special podcast series, which of course is sponsored by Diligent, is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.